You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 459 of Podcateers. This week we talk about the conclusion of March Mayhem and kicking off a second chance tournament this month. Disney Dreamlight Valley brings the Lion King into the mix and its developer Gameloft gets ready to kick off their new game Speedstorm. We also talk merch and announcements from the latest Disney investor call where a live action Moana was announced and a pretty big investment in Walt Disney World that's coming. And of course, we continue highlighting the last 100 years of the Disney company with our segment, Great Moments with Mr. Andrew. We'd love for you to join the conversation on our social networks, including Instagram and Facebook, but we invite you to join us on Discord. Joining the community is super simple. Just head on over to podcateers.com links and click on the Discord button to join our community. A very special thank you goes out to an awesome group of people known as the FGP Squad, our podcast, Very Godparents, because it's their support via Patreon that helped make these episodes of Podcateers possible. As part of the FGP Squad family, you get some additional perks like exclusive discount codes for Podcateers gear, additional content like the Podcateers After Show, and access to our happy hour calls, just to name a few. For more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com FGP. And as always, a super special thank you goes out to the FGP Squad for their continued support. So that's going to wrap up the intro. It's time to get this going. If this is your first time hanging out with us, we just want to send a huge welcome to all of you. We hope that you enjoy the episode and that you come back for more. And of course, if you've been hanging with us for a while now, welcome back, friends. Here is episode 459 of Podcateers. Hollywood, Hollywood swinging, Hollywood. That was Inglewood. the theme song this weekend. Was it? I was just guessing. I figured it had to be. Just no, had the song was, in his head. <laughs> it, it was. It was. Well, it's funny. I know you're not a big wrestling fan, but uh, ranging all the way back to my childhood, WrestleMania has been a big part of a yearly thing for my brothers and I. And I was pretty hyped up because Vince McMahon had essentially stepped down, you know, from the company and his son-in-law the the game Triple H had taken over and he was now doing all the creative writing for the stories and it was a nice change because he's a different type of storyteller than Vince McMahon was like Vince McMahon is very I like his his form of entertainment is like really sticky. Yeah. And it it gives It was dirty. He's the type of like his storytelling is It was the dirty. Reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's also like really like eight-year-old humor. And I think that that's the type of reason why a lot of people were turned off by professional wrestling mm-hmm. because they would see the storylines and they would think like, oh, wow, that's like for kids. Like I could never get into that. They have like this training facility that they branded NXT. That's where they would train like all the up-and-coming wrestlers and they treat it like its own brand essentially. And Triple H was writing some crazy good storylines like it was just so entertaining it was much more mature and it just felt like 
this is what wrestling should be like it wrestling's a soap opera like he was doing it right with the storytelling in nxt right and then vince retired because of some stuff that was going on and triple h took over and all of a sudden wwe went from like this eight-year-old product to this like late teens early 20s like really good storytelling so anyway fast forward to wrestlemania and now it's this like two night event and uh, everything was really good they led up to this guy coming back and telling this great story about how no one in his family had won the title and everyone expected him to win the title cody rhodes the american nightmare his father was dusty rhodes the american dream and so it just uh, (laughs) everyone was expecting him to win and he lost got not even like it was a really hokey loss too. the way that they did it almost immediately everybody started questioning like why would triple h write this like he's not like this is not his type of finish why would he do this and then the next day there's this announcement that uh wwe was sold to the ufc (laughs) so now they're a ufc product And Vince McMahon is back as head of creative and everybody's like, ah, okay, that makes sense. It's a crappy ending because Vince is in charge again. And so now it's it's really strange. Yeah. I'm curious to see what they're gonna do with the product now that UFC is in charge. What what a crazy ride. Imagine building a company up with your family for over forty years, a company that your father started. And then forty years later being like, you know what? Mm -hmm. I'm getting ready to retire. I don't want anybody to take this over. I'm just going to sell it. I'm done. Right. And I believe like all each of them had like a part in this. Yeah. So yeah, that's really dirty. I mean, that's how and that exactly that's how he wrote his stories is exactly how dirty he played them. Yeah. Wow. What they called the attitude era was full of it was full of a lot of misogyny <laughs> throughout those years. Yeah. Uh, and that's the type of writing that he likes. But. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about other stuff, uh, Disney-related stuff and Disney-related content-like stuff. Actually, uh, I can can we let's get this March Mayhem thing out of the way? Can hey. we can we do that? Can we just talk about March Mayhem? <laughs> yeah. So listen, um, first of all, I just want to say thank you for uh, the overwhelming results in votes this year because I think we had way more votes than we've had in the last couple of years for March Mayhem. So it was really fun to see so many people getting involved. Uh, We had quite a bit of reposts of of certain matchups that I guess people were really trying to get their quote to win, uh, which (laughs) is something that we hadn't really seen before. So that was kind of cool to see. Um, However, listen, when uh, the ghost host made it pretty far into the competition, I thought to myself, yes, this this is happening. Like, I I don't think I've right. ever, ever won a March Mayhem. I'm so bad at predicting these things, and I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but maybe it's just the fact that I can't get past my own favorite because I'm voting with my heart, damn it. And so... No, I know, I get you. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> we're, we're getting towards the end of March Mayhem here. And the ghost host is like towards the end, and I'm th- I'm, I'm like, oh my god, like it's the ghost host versus Cap versus Captain X. One, how crazy is that that these attractions ended up being against each other? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
randomly getting seated at a point where they ended up against each other. And I thought, oh, the ghost host has been dominating this whole thing. This can go either way. It's like it's it's going to have to be down to like one or two votes or something. No. Oh, it no. was such a higher percentage than I thought it was going to be for Captain X. Look, I took names. <laughs> I took names. We're on it. Okay. There are people that I expected to vote <laughs> in favor of the ghost host that didn't. Andrew. I'm, I'm sorry. I okay, voted look, with my I, heart on, on what, I ha, what I, how I voted. I voted how the specific quote, which were both very short in this one. Like I wasn't voting on the character. I wasn't voting on the attraction. I was voting on the specific quote. And, you know, which quote do I say more? I don't know. But that one at the time felt right. So, you know what? I was still bitter because Roger Rabbit, like, lost in the first round. So uh, That's what I was going to say. So I'm sitting here throwing <laughs> stones when we had this whole conversation about Roger Rabbit versus Lumiere. And I'm like, I voted with my heart because the movie is such a connection to me and blah, blah, blah. I'm so sorry, Andrew. And I'm here like, no, how dare you vote <laughs> right? for the one up? <laughs> so maybe maybe a little of me voted just against Hazen because of the Roger Rabbit thing. Who knows? This the past is in the past. I mean, I don't I I liked all of the 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 final quotes anyway. So uh, you know, fine by me. Uh, I voted for uh, Big Thunder at the end, but <laughs> dude, I was so sure yeah. that Pirates was gonna lose. I was so sure of it. That's I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna vote. I'm going to be sad at the end, whichever. And then when you gave us the text, I'm like, what? How? I swore yeah. there was, I don't know. I I should have more faith in my pirates, I guess. <laughs> I, I felt the same. I really thought that for some reason, uh, Big Thunder was going to push through on this one. And again, uh, I think the overall, let me quickly check the voting percentage on this one because I don't think it was very close with that one either. In the voting between the ghost host and Captain X, Captain X got 56% of the vote. Wow. Now, earlier I said, oh, it's like a landslide. It's like, for something like this, I think that's a landslide, okay? I think if it was like 51 to like 49 or something like mm -hmm. that, that's a really close race. Like 56 to 44%, that's, that's a huge gap between votes, okay? Yep. And then yeah. between Captain X and the old prospector, 62% versus 38% for the old wow. prospector. So that wow. one, that was what people would consider a landslide, right? To other yeah. people, that's going to be the landslide, obviously, because there is a, a huge percentage gap there, but... Uh, this was a fun bracket. I there were some votes in or some quotes in there that I thought just didn't make it as far as I initially thought they were gonna make it. Congratulations to Brian. Yeah, good job, Brian. March Mayhem. He came the closest to predicting the winner of March Mayhem. He submitted his bracket on Discord. We had a lot of discussion about brackets, but we really didn't have many submissions this year, so it was really easy to choose a winner this time around. So yeah. <laughs> Is this two years in Let's a row, see. Brian's one? Yeah. This is three. Three oh, years is it three? in a row, oh Brian's one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the other years, he did have a bunch of people submitting brackets against him. 
But so we'll Brian's say just this. That, good. that doesn't mean you shouldn't put your bracket in. Do it. Just have fun with us. Don't let this be yeah, like. Yeah, give Brian some competition. Yeah, next time. exactly. Exactly. Right? <laughs> make him fight for it. Right? <laughs> I'm just kidding, Brian. Uh, Congrats. Right? Make, <laughs> make him work for it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we, we're going to be sending Brian a Disney 100 celebration pin from the parks as uh, thank you and congratulations for winning March Mayhem this year. I have the bracket in front of me. I don't think any of you do, but... Were there any quotes for uh, two questions? One, were there any quotes that you think should have made it? I know Andrews is probably going to be Roger Rabbit all the way through. Um, But uh, aside from quotes that you think should have made it all the way through two, is do you think we should do like a second chance bracket? Like take a bunch of the losers and then do like a mini bracket in April? Or should we just say that's it? Let's let's wait till twenty twenty four. I say we should do it just for fun, because there's a lot. I was I was shocked. Stitches did not come through, and um, Mike Wazowski's right? did. And I'm like, what? <laughs> there's there was a bunch of them. Yeah. So how would we do this? Because so from the original sixteen that we had on each side. Would we take all of the original losers and then build a second chance bracket for all of those? So like when Mary Poppins beat Han Solo or the ghost host beat Peter Pan, should it be like Han Solo and Peter Pan against each other? I think that's other? the way to do it. I think that's the way to do it. All the losers from the 32, that makes you a 16 bracket. But- I don't think mansion should be in it and I don't think I don't think attraction should be in it. Let's well, just do Well, the they won't cuz well, they, they made it wouldn't. all the way through. So oh, it true. would be, yeah. let's see, So Han Homer, Solo. Homer Simpson would be up against Dory. Dory, yep, and Cinderella versus Iron Man. Ariel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, Cinderella versus Iron Man. <laughs> and uh, the, the Evil, Evil Queen, Queen versus, versus Captain Rex. Uh, Pocahontas versus Roger Rabbit. Okay, you know what? Let's Let's do it. We'll start it next week, and we'll do... March Mayhem and April Second Chance Edition. Yeah. And, <laughs> all right, and all you people listening, you know how I feel about Roger Rabbit. If you want to like, like, make me a happy guy, <laughs> let's let's uh, let's uh, have a little love for good old Roger Rabbit out there. I mean, do what your all heart right. wants, but you, you know I still what I think mean? of Roger Rabbit. <laughs> like, but just like remember, like consider the coconuts, and consider. <laughs> the leaves and consider ra- voting for Roger Rabbit is all you need. That's funny. Uh, okay. Done. Well, I guess we're going to do this. Uh, more information is going to be coming on that. We'll start off by posting it on Discord. But March Mayhem in April, second chance edition. We're going to take all the losers from the original 32 and we're going to build a bracket of 16. You're going to put a bracket up? Quote comes out on top. Can people yeah, submit I'll their brackets? Yes. Submit your brackets for this yeah. one. There'll be another prize. We'll do another prize. I got yeah. all kinds of stuff. We'll send something out. I yes. got all kinds no, of stuff. I like and Another prize. We got a prize. Submit a bracket. Brian I can win it. again. <laughs> like... Technically, he could. <laughs> There's nothing stopping him. I think we him. should let everyone else try. Maybe. I mean, that's on them, <laughs> that's right? <true. laughs> yeah. If they don't submit a bracket and Brian's the only one that does, yeah. then Brian gets another thing. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Speaking of games, Disney Dreamlight Valley has its April 
update coming up. Actually, the the day that we released this episode, uh, I'm pretty excited about this update because there's a couple of bugs that my kids and I have run into in the game that we just want to get past. And this update will, one, fix it. Two, we're getting Nala and Simba. We're getting a whole new realm. We're getting a couple of new yeah. dynamics. But I think really the thing that we're most excited about is something we've been chatting back and forth about uh, over on Discord. And that's the new Disney 100 stuff that's coming on top of the Disney 100 star path that we're going to be celebrating. There's going to be a Dumbo ride. There's going to be a Ferris wheel like Mickey's Fun Wheel is going to be on there. We're going to have Disneyland trash cans and all sorts of Disney-related items. I think the teacups were in that preview video uh-huh. as well. Small World Clock yeah. Tower. Oh, Small yes. World was too. Yeah, yeah, it looks so good. I'm pretty excited about this update. Um, is there anything in particular that you're looking forward to having in your valley from just the stuff that we've previewed? Because I'm sure there's going to be some extra surprises in there for us. Ooh, definitely teacups. Definitely teacups. And I already have a spot. I had stuff... Like I made a little mini Alice in Wonderland thing, so it's gonna fit perfectly right there. And but I really want Donald's Explorer or Safari. Like I'm gonna call it Explorer, whatever. It would be in the SEA. So um, I like his outfit, so I'm excited for that. Yeah, Goofy's <laughs> got a cool like conductor outfit. So I, I wonder if there's if these mm-hmm. outfits are the only things associated with that or if we're going to get some sort of Adventureland thing and some sort of train thing. I don't know. I also mm-hmm. noticed that in like uh, one of the like pause, like the weird like splash screen at the end of those videos, it looked like there was a monorail in one of like in shadow. I don't know where that you would come that from. And I don't know yeah. where it would go if it would just be like a monorail that went in a circle. I don't know, <laughs> but um, may I don't know. It kind of looked like it, so maybe I'm seeing things. Maybe it's a tease for something, but uh, that would be very cool. I am excited. I'm going to buy all of the trash cans and put them all over the valley. Eight billion yeah. trash cans. <laughs> They're going everywhere. I'm going to have to remodel some stuff to make a little theme park, a little <laughs> fantasy land or something for all the attractions because I'm getting them all like whatever it costs. They need to do this Disney parks thing once a year so we can just end up with a bunch of attractions and things. Um, yeah. I'm also just excited to get more things in Scrooge's uh, store because uh it's empty Preach. <laughs> and I got to spend my pumpkin money on something. Right. I've been staying away from Disney Dreamlight Valley for a little bit. Uh, and I'm going to talk about why in a moment. But I think we mentioned in a previous episode about the Moonstones and how it costs real world money. You can earn Moonstones and you can purchase them, you know, using just what you play in the game. I think... Uh, daily, you can get between a hundred, between fifty to one hundred and fifty moonstones, depending on how long you play. But you can essentially get like three blue chests, giving you up to one hundred and fifty per day. Uh, and and that's pretty good, you know, because on a weekly basis, you could accumulate enough to you know, every week or two, you could accumulate enough to get at least one of the items in the in the moonstone store. But yeah. there there should be some way to convert your actual pumpkin money to moonstones. Like maybe like every million regular coins in the game or every 10 million coins is the equivalent of 500 moonstone or something like that, right? Because 
I, I or a hundred mood stone, whatever, yeah. whatever they want to create as a conversion rate. But it gives you the opportunity to grind in the game for a purpose at that point, right? And mm-hmm. otherwise, you know, there is there's going to be. We talked about right, this. I, I want a hundred percent the game, and I can't anymore because I'm not going to spend the money on a lot of that stuff now. It's not that I won't spend money because if there are items in the Disney 100, like let's suppose this monorail thing that Andrew saw, because when you pointed that out, I got super excited about that. If the monorail turns out to be something that you can buy with Moonstones the way that you did the castle for your house, Mm -hmm. that is something I am willing to buy using Moonstones and maybe spend a little bit of real world money on because it'll help decorate you know, the valley how I want to. Like, I want it to look as much as, like, the theme park as, mm-hmm. as I can. So there definitely should be a conversion rate. I don't know if that's coming in the future. I don't know if it's something that they've even considered uh, or even lowering the price of some of these premium shop items. Uh, I think there would be a lot more people buying them if it was just a, l- a little less expensive. Yeah. You know, I get what they're where they're going with this, but... You know, there's uh, there's diminishing returns at some point, right? You make it too high and less people buy it. You make it less expensive and way more people buy it, I think. But um, also from the same company, we're going to be getting Disney Speedstorm. This is a game that I had an opportunity to preview back at D23. And the best way to describe it is Disney's version of Mario Kart. Mm-hmm. It looks super fun. The characters oh. are there. Yeah. The characters are there. Uh, they're, I really like it because, one, I like these racing games. I think they're super fun. The power-up styles are very similar to Mario Kart, but the characters look very similar to the way that they did in Disney Infinity to me. And I think that's the most exciting part Aww. about the characters. They're just slightly evolved versions of it. Uh, so I pre-ordered it. It looks like they're doing something very similar, like what they did with Disney Dreamlight Valley, where they have a few tiers available, and depending because it's also early access to get it, uh, depending on which one, uh, the pricing tiers are the same as they were with Dreamlight Valley. It's like thirty dollars, fifty dollars, and then like seventy dollars or something like that. And depending on which one you get, you get more stuff and more mm-hmm. outfits and more stuff like that you can use for your racers. So uh, I did pre-order like the mid-tier or something like that. I don't remember which one I got. But I'm excited. That comes out in about a week and a half. I've been looking for ways to just kind of relax. It's something that I don't do very well. <laughs> so yeah. I've been gaming a lot more. I don't. I haven't been doing it online. I've been trying to game just to relax. And part of the reason I started a second Disney Dreamlight Valley game was because uh, I may have talked about it on the podcast, but uh, I felt like I wasn't able to advance in the game because I was recording everything I did for content later on. And so I felt like I would get stuck and not be able to play for a few days until I had the opportunity to sit down and record and, you know, do whatever I had to do. So I started a second account to just play through and not have to worry about any of the content. You know, I just new profile, everything like that. And it's been fun being able to do whatever I want without the restriction of having to record content has been great. Uh, However, I did basically finish everything in about a week and a half Mm because I played a lot. 
again. Dang. <laughs> and some of the tasks, because I already knew some of the secrets, it didn't take me very long to get through it, which was great because it kind of leads me to the latest update that's coming. So now I can enjoy it just like everyone else. But because I've been gaming so much more, uh, I got two two other games that I've been... I, I haven't played one of them because it just showed up. Uh, it was Marvel's Midnight Suns. It was another game that I previewed at D23. And that one, uh, I, I like the comic. And so when they announced the game, I thought it was super cool. So I was kind of excited to be able to do that one. But the other one that I've been playing a lot uh, is one that I wasn't expecting to like as much. It's not Disney related. It's Hogwarts Legacy. Oh, oh all right. Uh, we had a brief conversation about this. And I'm going to ask you both again because I don't remember how you answered. But where did we where did we land on the discussion of can you separate the artist from their product? I think the example we used at the time was John Lasseter and Toy Story. Because depending on how you felt about John Lasseter and how he treated people or how people said he treated people or whatever the case was. You know, you enjoy Toy Story. You enjoy the products that he created. You enjoy Pixar, etc. Where did we all land on how difficult is it to separate the the creator from the content? I think we're okay, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I think we were able to separate the two. I think that's where we were. I, I think don't... it, like, it depends, like, it seems that the larger the thing is, the easier it becomes to say the creator is is not the thing like if it's something like let's say one book and like one person wrote a book and then that's all they have it's like it's kind of hard to separate you know the creator from this singular book but you know in in uh, we were talking about jk rowling and harry potter harry potter is you know though she does have like complete like I'm assuming mostly complete control over things. A lot of this stuff has been sold off and rights have been this to Warner brothers and, and et cetera, et cetera, where um, there she's not the only person that's contributing, making things and stuff like that. It's, it's kind of become more its own entity. Like the same thing with Pixar, like toy, like yes, toy story was the, the brainchild of, of, John Laster, but also all these other people. And, you know, it's not a singular uh, entity making that, even though, like, it might have been, like, somebody's baby. Like, his was more Cars than anything. Like, Cars is his baby. But, again, there are so many people behind that. It, the same thing with Harry Potter, too. Like, sh just because, you know, it sucks because, like, she's getting the you know, she's making a ton of money off of all this, no matter what, but that's going to happen right. regardless of, you know, just because the brand is so big at this point. But I think where it stands now is there's, there's so it's, you know, I don't know exactly percentage wise and stuff, but a lot of it is, I'm assuming not as tied to her, even though she does have a lot of control. There's so many, so many more people working on it than just her alone to make these products and putting their their time and effort and their their uh energy and ideas into into the these products that you know i i'm sure she mostly just rubber stamps and says okay you do that 
sounds good. Harry Potter. Yeah, I I'm I'm glad. I mean, you put it so well. I think that's kind mm-hmm. of why I chose to get this game ultimately because I felt like that's kind of where we landed on it, where. You know, in in the last year, J.K. Rowling has said some pretty horrific things, actually. Uh, apparently, this has been going on for a really long time, but it's just been really visible in the last year to me because I've been, like, honed in on this particular game for a while. And uh, for a while, I was kind of against getting it because I thought, like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to feed into it. And, like, the truth is that it would be hypocritical of me to not get this game based on the fact that I still watch Pixar movies and I still enjoy Pixar movies and they still give me all the feels based on, you know, Lasseter stuff. I mean, let's be honest. There's some stuff that the Disney company does that isn't all that favorable either and we mm-hmm. continue to right. love the Disney magic, right? We we look past it because Disney provides some kind of magic to us in a way that makes us feel good. So I, I ultimately, I looked at it the way that you said, Andrew, that, you know, the people at Port Key Games, the people at Avalanche, they put a lot of effort into this game. And man, it shows like the, the open world is gorgeous. It is amazing how much work they put into it. The dialogue, the character development, the storylines. There's usually a point where I spend money on a game and I think... Ah, cool. I'll be done with this in like a week or two. This game has so much to do. If you're a Harry Potter fan and at any point you were also a fan of Breath of the Wild, the Zelda game for the Switch, you're going to love this game because of how well it is. The only difference is that the graphics in uh, Hogwarts Legacy are like so much better than Breath of the Wild. It's It's just so good. The way that you learn the um, the spells, like they m- kind of have you follow like patterns and stuff like that. And they have you duel with other wizards and there's all these little side quests and stuff like that. And I've been playing quite a bit and I'm only like 3% done with the game. And I've probably already invested like 40 hours into the <laughs> game. So, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for another game to play and if you were on the fence about Hogwarts Legacy... Definitely recommend it. Uh, I've been having so much fun playing with it. I can't. I can't tell you much about the storyline. I've tried to stay away from it so far. All I know is that I'm a wizard and I'm out doing wizarding things. <laughs> so I, I hope my opinion doesn't change as the game progresses. But uh, I I know that there was all sorts of controversies for the game because I saw articles popping up in my feed about it because I had searched for it so much before but I've tried to stay away from reading a lot of those and reading the opinions and everything because I didn't want it to uh, affect like my gameplay in any way if that makes any sense Um, so anyway uh, yeah I'm enjoying that game so Mm -hmm. probably more to come later I don't know we'll see you're a wizard Hazen Thank you. I've always wanted Happy to be Happy birthday. <laughs> I'm Hagrid. I don't know. <laughs> is Hagrid in the game? Is he a thing? Is that no, I no. I, and I think that's no part Hagrid. of why I kind of like the game. Because, that's the only character I like in Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah, so he, the thing about the game is that uh, as far as I've progressed in the game, I haven't seen a mention of or any of the existing characters uh-huh. from the Harry Potter universe. Like, the the only like underlying thing about the game is that you're at the Hogwarts school of wizardry, 
So gotcha. it, this is like apparently like years later, maybe or years before. I can't I can't pin it yet. I think it's after the events. And but you're like it's this whole other storyline that's disconnected from any of the characters we've already met in the films. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay, so moving on. Mel, you said that you had something that you got that you wanted to show us, that you wanted yeah. to unbox. Now, this is something that everybody listening isn't going to be able to see, but we can post the picture on Discord later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I made sure. I was like, wait, yeah, this is this is okay. This is kid-friendly. This is totally kid-friendly. We're good. <laughs> but I have... There you go. That's the package. I'm excited because, yes, I've of course, I've seen pictures when ordering it, but I haven't seen pictures of it being photographed. So I'm excited. So if I get too excited, I am sorry. Um, that's the first hint is if you know me very well, you know that I really love this kind of movie, then you'll know what it is. So here we go. Some ASMR. And now we get to the box cutting portion of the Podcateers episode. Ooh. All right. Oh, it's an Amazon box. It of is. Brown, black tape with blue lettering uh. that says Prime. I am all excited. <laughs> Hold on. Let me toss the box. Cool. Oh, all right. Box is going. Cat runs uh. away. Oh my gosh. Okay, so <laughs> here we go. Should we close our eyes? Oh, wait, oh, what? Well, <laughs> I mean, I already no, saw it. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to show you guys. It is the Indiana Jones figurine of Marion Ravenwood with the monkey. It's... I'm all excited. So this is from Raiders of the Bad Ark. I had zero clue this existed. Dude, yes. <laughs> this is like one of six. I think there's six figurines in total right now. So out, technically out. So I couldn't get all six, but I got her. Indy is next. So he's on the way. <laughs> so that'll be another like two weeks or so. Um, I haven't bought Sally yet. I'm like... The only thing Why is Sala not on Prime? I, right, <laughs> what? right. It kills me. What? Um, it kills me. You have to like look for him in like other toy stores, which kind of stinks. So, uh, yes, I'm actually I lie. There's five. They're all in the box, and I I'm too excited to even look. It's, <laughs> I is it? Let me guess. Is it? It's Indy Sala, Marion. Is it? Uh, and then is it like Indian a different costume? And then is it uh, what's his name with the black hat? Uh, uh Belo- Be- Belloc. No, Belloc is the other guy. I- the no, that's the other guy. The guy in the black hat, uh, Tosh or whatever his name I is. I believe so. I always get that name wrong, but yeah, the first of many to add in my collection. So. Yeah. Oh no, there is Be- Belloc is one of the ones, but he's in like the weird outfit. Like in the uh, the ceremonial costume up, yeah. at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to open it. I am. I'm not keeping it in a box. I'm going wow. to enjoy this. <laughs> I have to admit, I had zero clue. For real? I had zero clue these action figures existed. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm adding Sala to the cart. <laughs> 
Now, here's oh, wow. the kicker. I'm looking here's at the like... cool thing, but I wish I had the money for it. If you had all of them, you built the Covenant of the Ark. But I could only afford three right now. Yeah, they each come with a piece. They each come with a piece, right? Yeah. Oh, that's but cool. Indy comes with the idol, so that's the cool part. Yeah. Oh, I see. So there are. This is the adventure series. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm looking at the Professor Jones version of him. Like he's not in the. What do you call it? Excursion the whip gear, and the, like the whip and the fedora. Like he's in a it's his, suit it, it's with a bow tie. It's his indie gear as a. That's his professor gear versus his indie gear because yeah. he's Professor Henry Jones Jr. And it targets. in the suit. I want to say Indiana Jones. I want to say at Target right now they have the Obi Wan indie, with the the diamond. So they have that. What? If oh, you guys Club really want to go and like collect every single one. I'm like looking them up now. I'm like, let's see. I'm excited. Christmas present check. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out where birthday I can present get, get check. Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're all twenty four ninety nine. Yes. So if you want to buy all five, it's a pretty penny. Listen, yeah. I spent a whole bunch of money on medallions, so that's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Oh, uh, this is cool. My, hopefully, my wife's not mad at me. I'm ordering the sala right now. Which Happy is not prime, to right? Me. It's next book. Right? <laughs> like, it's prime delivery, but it's not like prime two-day shipping. No. Interesting. I think that's an Amazon thing now, though. But because, at least you know you'll get it. Yeah. I've seen that change a lot in the last, like, year. Prime isn't two days guaranteed anymore like it used to be. Like, it's free. Yeah, free shipping, free prime delivery, but not two-day whatever. And that won't yeah. come for two weeks. That's funny. Well, I mean, this, your merch announcement was way more exciting than the one I was going to show you, Mel, because I saw this yeah, while roaming around stuff. Shop Disney, <laughs> and I thought, oh, man. Uh, so, first of all, where did you end up on the whole Magic Band situation? Did you think you're ever going to get one? If I eventually go back. <laughs> You'll go back. I yeah, will. You'll go back. <laughs> He'll go back. <laughs> the reason I was asking was because when I was perusing Shop Disney, if you will, I saw this. Oh, it's, dude. <laughs> I, I know we had seen some of the merch that was releasing uh, when they opened up Light Cycle or Light Cycle Run. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I immediately saw this and I thought, one, oh, man, Mel's possibly going to want this. Two, how yeah. dare you, Disney, not create an entire magic band that lights up. Like Tron, like why would you only make yep. it the little puck that lights up? Like how dare you tease us with something like this? Overall, I I still think it's a pretty decent looking magic band. <laughs> it is, it is. It, it man, if it did light up, that would have been extra. I would have paid for extra. <laughs> I mean, I I agree. This is definitely a lost opportunity. Um, like they need, like I don't know. I think there's a lot of things that they could make that could have additional effects. But and and I'm sure that people would pay for them. Like if I had a haunted mansion magic band, that I think the one that they made might glow in the dark. I'm not sure if I'm making that up in my head, or if they actually made it where the little like band, like the ghost light, like they glow in the dark. Um, but they, if there was one that actually lit up, like all the white portions of the design of the band, I would be totally into that. I would pay a little extra for that. Same, maybe even with this one. Right? Yeah, yeah. There is a definitely like people will pay a premium for for magic bands. Like, 
especially for like niche things or cool things or whatever like it, it i mean that's the disney thing anyway like people will pay stuff like pay good money for either niche things or like cool things or like attraction related things i there's got to be like I don't know. There has to be some like market research why they pick these specific ones, but come you just got to think that like making an attraction based magic band is going to sell well. Yeah. I, I I don't know. And then like having like extra premium magic bands for for, you know, ones that have an additional light or an additional whatever or they have that little glowy like neon uh fiber optic or something around it or i don't you know, yeah i agree there you think there would be more of a market for some of like an extra premium uh feature uh you know i i don't know make them make a metal one for all i care i don't know gold-plated magic band somebody Ooh. will buy it yeah they could get away with all sorts of cool things imagine a club 33 magic band that had all sorts of cool features you know or like an indiana jones magic band that like has traces of you know the like the temple right and when it lights up like mm -hmm. it lights it up like you're adding power yeah. like you know what i mean like there's so many cool effects yep. that they could do with like cheap yeah. leds that i don't know it just like i get it they want to get these in and out as quickly as possible and churn out as many designs as they can but like I would like I don't I don't even really believe in using them and I feel like I would spend money on cool magic bands that did cool things like that. <laughs> it's the interaction. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh so anyway, if you're interested, I will post a link to this Tron Light Cycle Run magic band uh over on Discord and I'll post a photo of it. I mean, they're pretty decent. I I like it. I I might even get it. I'm looking for a second magic band anyway, but I'm still considering just getting the like the less expensive version to clip it to my watch the way that Larry recommended, mm -hmm. but we'll see. All right, before we continue, I do want to remind you that this episode of Podcateers is brought to you by a fantastic group of listeners known as the FGP Squad, our podcast fairy godparents, because it is their support via Patreon that help make these episodes possible. If you want more information on how you can become part of the FGP Squad family, we invite you to check out podcateers.com slash FGP for more information. There you will find a list of some of our top contributors, some information about the FGP Squad, and also a link to our Patreon. So uh, if you have any questions, you can also reach out to us over on Discord. We'll be happy to answer any questions that you might have. But being a part of the FGP Squad family gets you some additional perks like access to our happy hour calls, some additional content that we've posted over on Patreon, random giveaways, um, a special section over on Discord, and more. So uh, again, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. We'll be happy to answer any questions that you might have. Uh, and of course, to all of the members of the FGP Squad family, we just want to send a huge thank you for your continued support. Uh, oh, also, since I'm talking about links, if you are not yet a part of our Discord community, which I just mentioned, uh, the best place to hook up with us over there is by using the invite over on podcateers.com slash links. There you will find uh, some of the most commonly used links on the website, including uh, a link to our latest episode, a link to a uh, Quizneyland playlist, links to our YouTube channel and Larry's YouTube channel, Goofy Guys Adventures, uh, also a 
link to the FGP squad page, the uh, Discord link. Usually we'll also post some of the things that we're fundraising for on that page as well. So podcasters.com slash links is where you want to go for all that fun and goodness. And uh, again, if you have any questions, please feel free to reach out. We'll be happy to answer any questions that you might have. And uh, let's move on. I've, um, I don't know how I feel about this announcement. We saw it at, on the latest investor call. Consider the coconuts. Why? You should you should really cons. Well, Hazen, here's the thing. If you consider the coconuts, we talked okay, about this okay. before. Uh-huh, uh-huh, if uh-huh. you can, you consider the coconuts. Okay. And but you also have to consider the leaves. And mm-hmm. so when you co- when you take the leaves mm-hmm. into consideration, the it's like so okay so you know like <clears throat> there's you ever heard of reading the tea leaves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, that exp- yeah. like like yeah you read the tea leaves. Well, this is like reading the coconut leaves, and you you put the, the coconut leaves in into the you know, big whatever thing with water, and you read them, and it says uh, apparently we need another Moana movie. Uh, yeah. that's live action. Uh, it's, they, they considered the leaves and the leaves told them that a Moana, a movie that came out less than 10 years ago needs to be uh, remade. Uh, this is what the leaves said. They I had to do it. See, I'm glad somebody finally put it into perspective for me because I didn't it understand it. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't understand why they were doing this until you said all of that. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I this is this is happening. <laughs> um, thoughts. I thought we were tired of remakes, according to Bob. I thought we were tired of the same repetitiveness in Marvel. What happened? I okay. So part of me is still really bitter. Still, really. I yes, I know we are beating a dead horse right now. But Sleeping Beauty, come on. Come on, we're this was like it just this feels like this was an like just let's experiment with this and let's just keep going. Oh, wait, switch, they really like the actual live to da 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 blah blah. But Moana, I love Moana, yes, the okay, the meaning behind it is beautiful, it is, but what i mean we're getting little mermaid which way older of course you know but moana really i mean why couldn't we have done this in the first place since it was just seven years ago not even seven years ago i am really not happy on that part but i am like i am it's uh, it's so bittersweet because I am happy for those who are going to see themselves like represented. That's the best part. I don't like how this is being brought up. Gosh, it's so weird to say because they will not make my sleeping beauty ever. Like, come on. (laughs) Bobby, I'm mad at you. (laughs) Yeah. of, (laughs) Of all the things like, like I get it. Moana's been a big property for them. It was very popular. Blah blah blah. The Rock wants to do it. Who knows? Like <clears throat> somebody I didn't had an idea, and, and it was like you know, he, he, I don't know. He did a thing. And he's like, I want to. I'm the Rock. I would 
The Rock seems to get his way uh, more often than uh, not. And so who knows how much of a, a push he was in doing this film. I mean, who knows how long it's going to take to come out. It's currently just in development. So anything can happen. There's There's been lots of movies that have been in development and have never happened. Uh, you know, there was a, remember that movie Gigantic that was going to yeah. come out? Oh, yeah. <laughs> remember, yeah. Remember that other Muppet movie that was going to come out or that other Muppet TV show? Like there's all kinds of stuff that, um, uh, gets, you know, uh, remember the Guillermo del Toro Haunted Mansion movie? Oh, like, don't break had, my like, heart. been announced <laughs> in, and then just kind of never happened. Like I can see this one happening and who knows, maybe it'll come out in, in five years or three years or whatever. Um, it, it's really hard to say, but it it seems like they have a plethora of films to pull from that that would do great as live action remakes or just remakes in general, if that's what they're trying to do. Um, because, you, you know, people bring it up all the time of Atlantis would would be a a great film that would transfer over very nicely to a live action setting treasure um, planet you know it's mostly just people i'm so glad that you brought um, this up because i so i i'm kind of i understand what you're both saying because i had the same sentiment right i thought wait i thought bob Iger said that we wanted to do something different and for me, that was like, all right, we're, we're going to get original properties. We're going to get original stuff again. And then we get this announcement, right? However, I'm also happy because of what you said, Mel. Like, you know, the representation thing, it's huge, right? And I'm glad mm-hmm. that it's happening for that reason. But at the same time, like... Uh, are we just going to make a live action version of every single animated feature we have? But here's the, the contradiction to that statement is that I do feel that there are some animated features that should actually have a live version representation. Like you said, like Atlantis or like treasure planet. Like I think those would be really great adventure movies, live action. You know, not just like a try to do a shot by shot remake of the animated feature in real life like they've done with Beauty and the Beast and like they've done with Cinderella, like they're possibly going to do with Little Mermaid, et cetera, et cetera. So I feel like we fall in both camps on this one, right? We do feel that it's a little too much, but not enough in some cases. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, in my personal perspective, it feels like, the live action remake is something like there's, there's two reasons to do it. And that is to renew interest in an old story or to give a uh, new life to something that maybe didn't do so well. So like in like with like, you know, the snow white that's coming out and, and Maleficent and, and Cinderella and everything like that. Those movies were made, you know, 50 years ago, you know, it's, a lot of those brands, I'm assuming people think, well, it was so long ago, da-da-da-da-da, the kids today don't like the art style or whatever. They can't appreciate it as much as whatever their reasoning is. Uh, so so they're like, oh, well, you know, that, that was such a long time ago that we can remake it. And I mean, I don't 
think the 90s is that long ago, the late 80s, 90s, like with Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, 1989, 1991. Like, that's 30 years ago, which is, you know, in like, uh, you know, relative to the children that are alive today, that's quite a while ago, but still kind of uh, feels really close. You know, Aladdin 2 and The Lion King, those are all 90s movies that have been remade. Seems kind of close still for me when there is, you know, uh, before a lat, you know, before uh, Little Mermaid, there's what, uh, 40 animated films, something or 30 animated films before that, that all have great content, have have uh, great storylines and, and ideas in them that may not have like as much relevance as they do today but they own the ip and the ip is still technically strong with adults that would take their kids to go see it and uh and so that's and then the other thing is the the reinvigorating uh a brand or a, a ip that is that didn't do so well that's like the the treasure planet the the atlantis where they were kind of flops commercially they've they're since appreciated you know still and you know probably critically done well but didn't do well at the box office and this that's a way to like re-up that and be like hey remember this story you know at you were a kid and maybe you remember this and now here's a new telling yeah. of it so it, it just does seem like there there's a, a like right way to do it and i mean i mean I'm not the arbiter of who says, you know, what's right. I guess it's the right way in my head. But, um, yeah, it just seems like you don't – It's it's been less than 10 years you're going to remake a movie. I mean, I can't think of any other instance where – well, uh, this happened a lot in, like, the – 50s and 60s and stuff in the 40s when like movies were just getting started they'd be like here's this french movie that came out three years ago we're gonna make it now for america kind of thing but this is this is really not even the same idea the only the only thing i can kind of uh like uh like compare this to is like when they're just they decided to like we're just gonna redo suicide squad that first one wasn't very good we're just going to like pretend that one didn't happen. We're going to do a whole nother suicide squad. Like some of the characters are the same, but some of them aren't. And it's just ignore that other one. Like this just seems like there's not really a, a precedent set. And I'm trying to think of like the, the latest, like the most recent movie that uh, is being remade. And besides Moana, I think it's the Lilo and Stitch remake, which still also seems that's that's 2001 when that came out so that's still 20 22 years ago at this point that that was released so maybe 20 years is the mark i i really don't know uh what to say i i'm sure it's going to be just fine i'm sure it's you know they're going to do a good job it looks like they're working with the original the writer of the screenplay um there was no mention of Lynn Manuel Miranda's involvement uh, at this point, but again, it's currently in development. So I I just know that like a lot of the stuff like with the Lion King and and Beauty and the Beast and stuff, 
those original people that created all that stuff, the storyboards and the story and everything, those people didn't get any credit or money or anything on the on the remake when they were remaking somebody's like idea. Like the Lion King is a like cut from whole cloth idea if you want to think about it that way. Like it, there is you know lots of ties to Hamlet in it, but it's 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 very very loose ties to Hamlet, William Shakespeare's Hamlet. But there was just a lot of stuff coming out about these people didn't get credit when you're just reusing, like, just make it like the Lion King 2018 or 19, whatever it came out, is just basically a reanimated version of the animated movie. And they just redid everything yeah. pretty close shot for shot for 80% of it. So it's it's just things like that that kind of are interesting to to see the, like, song and dance they do around all this stuff to like pay people not pay people whatever i don't know i'm going real long-winded on this so the phrase that you use right now uh mel i want to ask you this question specifically because you use the song and dance as a phrase to end what you were saying and that's interesting you say that because where i fall on this is i love disney films because of their music and their scores pixar films the same i love the scores i love the music that's associated with them but when they've tried to translate these films into live action they seemingly force the musical aspect into them and in some cases it might work to have a song or two but forcing the entire musical element that made the animated film work doesn't always translate well into live action because it really just feels shoehorned mm-hmm. in and so i like let's take the attraction you know the jungle the jungle cruise movie the jungle cruise movie mm-hmm. in many ways to me felt like it functioned because it wasn't a musical like it, it just Correct. had attraction mm. elements to it and it worked really well. If, you know, if we're getting Sleeping Beauty or something, would you have some of those iconic songs in there or would you say nix the whole musical thing, just make it a film? You have to have the music with it. That film to me is like, it's just artistically beautiful and the music with it is just, it's... um. It's like when you're having your favorite appetizer and you have the paired wine with it, like it has to go together. If you were to take away the music, you take away part of what makes that film unique or what makes it stand out from a lot of the other films. Um, that's I. That's what I think. But if you were to tell that story, you could, if the story is really well, to tell it without having to have the music. Um so that's, it's hard. That's a good question. I, but I would prefer to hear the music with it because yeah. it's that, that music is, it's classical. So it's not just that Disney wrote it. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a great point. And, and I think it kind of leads me into the next question. And, and I pose this to both of you is, do you think that, so The Rock and Ali'i Cravalho are, I believe, executive producers in the live-action version of Moana. And so because we're talking about re- representation and really showing a culture, if Disney was putting this film on themselves, I think it would, it would try to be a shot-by-shot recreation of the animated film. But there's a part of me that is hopeful that because 
like I'm not on board with the you know remaking in general. Like I I do want to see like newer properties, but the fact that it's being remade by the Rocks Production Company makes me feel like they can put on a really good story as long as Disney doesn't get too involved with it and not have a lot of the musical numbers from the film. But I still think it could be a pretty like if they went Jungle Cruise with it. Right. I get I get that Jungle Cruise doesn't have a soundtrack, really. And it doesn't have like all these musical numbers. But like if you have like one song, two songs, maybe like I think you could get away with it, especially like the really popular songs, because that's what people want to see. But I don't think you need to shove the entire mm-hmm. soundtrack in there. And I think that's where I'm trying to get you to know. Well, you have the perfect example that that you're just forgetting about probably is the 2020 Mulan that came out with no songs. Oh, right. That that movie had zero songs in it. You know, the original film had, you know, a half dozen or so songs. Um, And so and then there's also stuff like Maleficent, which doesn't have any songs either. And that is in the, you know, in the vein of Sleeping Beauty um you know in in the world there but with no songs if, if, i'm i'm remembering that correctly right Maleficent doesn't have right. any songs yeah. they didn't right okay no songs. i just want to make sure um <laughs> but so they have maleficent was a you know smash hit when it came out mulan did not do so well but that was also pandemic and yeah 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 who knows what how it would have done um hard to say uh but the other thing that i wanted to bring up that is an interesting wording on this is Iger used the word uh, reimagining of Moana. So it, it is, it does seem like it's not just a, a remake. And I don't know if they've just used reimagining for all of them, or if this is a specific word to say, we are doing a, (sighs) a live action story in the Moana universe. If that is the case, then then that is something different uh, that that may be, you know, more of what we're looking for of a either like a soft sequel or or something just in the world of Moana, but not just remaking Moana to, you know, cash grab a bunch of money. Um, So if if that's the case then then i think there there's a like a better reason for this if 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 there's a good idea behind it then then i can see this being uh you know i don't know what i'm sure this movie is going to make a billion dollars or whatever no matter what when it comes out um but one can hope that the word reimagining is is giving us some uh some hope that maybe this is not just a remake more something new than something borrowed in blue, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to do some weird bribing. I don't know. But but I I, I got to have hope for this just because if not, then I get sad. Yeah. So <laughs> here's hoping that there's there's something something in the works that, that maybe is not expect that we're not expecting. Maybe. I don't know. I feel like I'm ultimately still 
trying to form how I fully feel about this because it's odd to me that even after Josh Gad's fantasy casting of a, of a live action Frozen that Disney didn't immediately say like, oh, we're like 10 years, like a decade of Frozen, like we should celebrate with a live action Frozen, right? And that we're getting other properties before that. I think that you do need at least one iconic song in these, but I do like the idea of not using the songs as a crutch but then at the same time like how will people connect with it especially kids i don't know i i I feel like i'm still forming how i feel about this so i want to open it up to discussion i want to throw the question out there where do you stand on again just live action remakes how do you feel about the moana remake or this live action reimagining that we're going to be getting and one do you think we still need live action versions of these animated features? Do you want to see something new? But if Disney's going to keep giving us live action remakes, do you want it not to be a musical or do you think it's essential to have the music in order for you to be able to connect with it? Join the conversation over on Discord. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this and uh, I'd love to hear how everybody falls on this one because I'm still, I don't think I'm fully there yet. I think I need to hear more sides of how people feel to really understand how I want to feel about this. Uh, okay, so speaking of Bob Iger, uh, one other thing that popped up, which um, I don't think there's a lot of information about, but it was pretty interesting to hear it. Uh, Andrew, do you want to just quickly recap Bob Iger's comment about investing in Disney World? Yeah, so the investor uh, call was the uh, just recently happened this week. And so that's where this Moana news came from. And so uh, he also had mentioned uh, towards the end of the the thing that uh, Disney was planning on investing in, uh, you know, Walt Disney World. Like we're not I'm not surprised, but he said it's something like seventeen billion dollars in the next ten years, and that would create uh, thirteen thousand jobs, um, which is you know surprising with the the layoffs that are happening but currently happening but you know the the park sector seems to be that's the cash cow that's the money maker it's making money no matter what they do it's making money people love going to the parks so why not invest in them expand in them so they can accommodate even more guests and guzzle up more of their money. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's, it, it's nothing was mentioned on the Disneyland front. And I know that's kind of where all our minds are. Uh, but uh, Disneyland forward has been soft, you know, presented and, and stuff like that. So this also is probably stuff like that will be happening, I think. But I think just because Florida is, in the the like the news in the front of your brain right now that they specifically brought up uh florida like just to say that disney isn't going anywhere we're standing you know we're we're staying in florida we're investing we're we're not we're not afraid of what what's you know whatever political climate is going on right now that the, the parks will still exist in florida and will continue to grow yeah, the political climate right now in Florida for Disney World is really quite an interesting thing because, you know, with with all the controversy about the Reedy Creek thing uh, and the governor of Florida, you know, trying to 
take that away from the Disney company and the Disney company in almost a cartoon like fashion pulled the wool over their eyes and used this old crazy clause in one of their contracts to maintain control after they had already kind of pulled back control uh, so that the state of Florida can't do much outside of general infrastructure and like like roads and stuff like that. One, I, I, I will admit I'm a little worried about them doing that. I know that they're going to be going to court and that Disney's going to argue, well, you signed the contract. You know, you should have been better about reading it and stuff like that. But it doesn't mean that the that the governor of Florida, there's so many words that I can use to describe him, I think, but it doesn't mean that the governor of Florida isn't going to do everything in his power to try to stick it to Disney in many other ways. So it is worrisome, but that's a whole other conversation. I think back to this infrastructure thing. Uh, I'm wondering if it's connected to all of this, obviously, because one, if you're getting rid of, in all three waves, I think Bob Iger had mentioned that he was going to be getting rid of primarily executive cast members. They weren't going to be frontline cast members, or at least what we consider frontline, like in the parks or anything like that. So is he saving that much money on the executives that are no longer going to be with the company that he can reinvest into the parks? And is he doing it over the next 10 years because they're losing something from the state of Florida and now will need additional cast members to do everything the state used to do for them, but now they have to do for themselves. Like, is that where this is coming from? Because it does seem like a bit of a contradiction from the, we're getting rid of people. We're getting a whole bunch of new people. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, the state didn't do anything for, for the, the, for Walt Disney world, the Walt Disney world paid for everything for itself. Like that's the whole point of the Reedy Creek improvement district. It was so Disney had its own city. So it, you know, they could have, they had electrons and boards and basically it was just so they could approve the permits and everything for themselves basically had carte blanche on their land and they could do whatever they want with it. So the state wasn't really providing, they weren't providing them any funds at all for road improvements. Disney took care of that all. And that is where the, you know, a lot of this, uh, uh, you know, the residents in the area were worried because if, if the state took over the Reedy Creek, then they would be, the taxpayers would be in charge of of maintaining the roads and and all that stuff the public infrastructure in uh orange and osceola counties i believe um for uh for the walt disney world property and so in the long run they're probably like saving a little bit of money with the reedy creek stuff because if if they don't have to maintain the roads and whatever da 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 sewer i don't know what that the, those sort of things you know, they'll still have to pay their whatever bill and da 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 da. But in the long run, it's probably just it breaks even um, in that regard because the, the, yeah, the, it was its own government. So it raised the taxes and it paid itself its own taxes to pay for what, you know, all that kind of stuff is all just basically taken care of internally. Um, I, I think that the, this weird layoff thing that's happening is partially restructuring, you know, Fox and all this stuff, cutting the fat, 
like I said before, the parks are are the money maker. So again, they Josh Tomorrow has said there's no shortage of money. We have all kinds of money to put it. I mean, pretty bluntly like that. He he's come out and said we got money. So the parks, I think, being what they are, they realize that they need to invest in it to create more places for people to yeah. be. They need more capacity. They need more, you know, in, in general. So there was there was a in that the document or whatever that the Reedy Creek had signed before this whole like what started this thing is they could buy uh, the year. Uh, I think it was like in the next thirty years, whatever it was. They could. They had a, a carte blanche approval to uh, have one new major theme park and two minor theme parks and then there's like hotels and da 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 now this isn't saying that they are going to do this in the next whatever timeline but they do have the authority to have another park if they so wish and mine the minor theme parks are stuff like water parks all disney world currently has three minor theme parks which are the two water parks and the wide world of sports um, so that, so te- the part, they technically have, uh, seven theme park quote unquote in, in these broad definitions, uh, at Walt Disney world. Um, so it does seem like it is contradicting these layoffs, but the layoffs seem to be more focused, not on parks so much, but corporate we're trying to make Disney plus be profitable. And we, that's all we care about. So we're going to do whatever. And so it seems like a lot of, Layoffs are coming from media side, a lot of stuff from Fox and and other divisions that that can be consolidated down into one. Um, so, yeah, it does seem, you know, counterintuitive. But again, this is over the next 10 years where these layoffs are happening to fix something for the next quarterly report kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> Yeah, I get what you're saying. Uh, I'm interested to see what this is going to look like by the time that they get to the next earnings report. Because, I mean, Bob Iger is now a, about six months into his current contract uh, of trying to restructure, trying to find a successor and everything. So the idea of restructuring everything and leaving like a cleaned up version of these multiple entities you know, for whoever takes over the company next is going to be easier to run ultimately. I'm wondering if he's going to use this to also clean up some of the other properties. Like we saw Ike Perlmutter, uh, you know, uh, laid off as part of the Marvel branch of the company. Uh, I'm wondering if the the cries that we've heard about Star Wars and stuff like that is also going to be part of one of the next few like couple of waves and if this is going to be the opportunity to let Kathleen Kennedy step down and bring somebody up that's a little bit better with the franchise I don't know I think Kathleen Kennedy's just done done just fine look at the Mandalorian look at all this stuff Kathleen Kennedy's done like I Kathleen Kennedy gets a bad rap you think and so? uh yeah, I think so. I think I think Kathleen Kennedy has done more for star more good for Star Wars than bad uh, and Lucasfilm and everything. I think, you know, a lot of the stuff is out of control with like like how they like a lot of people say, well, the the Skywalker saga and Solo and da 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 whatever. But look at 
the Mandalorian. Look at the, all the Star Wars animated shows that people are in love with. Look at uh, Ro- uh, Rogue One and Obi and uh, Obi Wan Kenobi and all these things that people really enjoy and really you know uh, are, she's all in charge of all of it, the good right. and the bad. And you know, and it, and she's in charge of Lucasfilm as a whole, correct? Yeah. So I mean. We got Indiana Jones coming out. We have we had a Willow, which got canceled, which I never watched. So I, you know that was, I think, a tough call to like. They tried to do some nostalgia thing, and it just didn't work because people really didn't care about Willow that much. I don't know, but I I do think that Kathleen Kennedy gets a bad rap because she's a woman, and there's all these like Star Wars people that are like whatever Star Wars people do. I don't know. Not all Star Wars people. I'm not trying to be like mean about it, but it just seems like there there's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, hate out there for her. Just because you know she's a woman, she can't understand what Star Wars is about or whatever. I don't know. I haven't heard that argument. I just think it's the argument is that she's uh, green lighting a lot of projects that contradict the original direction that George Lucas had set in place. And look, I get it. It doesn't belong to George Lucas anymore, right? It belongs to Disney, and they could do whatever they want for the money that they paid. But I don't know enough about Star Wars to I think be able to say enough about this properly so I want to pose the question to the bigger Star Wars fans in our community is this a Kathleen Kennedy problem or is this a something else problem like is it just a Disney problem and would getting rid of Kathleen Kennedy fix that Uh, I would love to start a conversation about this over on Discord because I want to learn more about this and how it feels from the Star Wars community Right. Because I think uh, I I know you guys are bigger Star Wars fans than I am, but like there's like hardcore like like like, you know what I mean? Like I would love to hear from that community specifically where they think the problem is and what they think the solution is as well. So if you have any insight, Star Wars fans, please sound off over on Discord. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, I'd love to learn more about all of this and, you know, what what we could get better. As far as because you're right, like the Mandalorian, great. Um, you know, there's so many things that I've seen, like Rogue One, I really, really enjoyed as well. The new trilogy, I've said it kind of from the beginning. It's not for old Star Wars fans. It was for the purpose of driving all their new products. But again, I want to hear from the Star Wars community. Please sound off over on Discord and we'll continue the conversation there. Uh, I'd love to learn more about this. Yeah, and well, well, I'll, I'm sure I'll have more to say once Indy Five is out, and we'll, you know, we'll see what happens then. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think it's time for us to learn a little bit about uh, Disney's history in the last 100 years as we continue with our great moments with Mr. Andrew segment. Mr. Andrew, take it away. Dun 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 dun. dun, dun whatever. Um. Okay. The <laughs> the years this year are uh, 1949. In 1950, I'm still trying to like figure out how I want to write these, so they're a little bit different every week. But whatever, it shakes it up a little bit. So um, we're gonna start with uh, what happened with films and shorts for 1949. On January 19th, Disney premiered "So Dear to My Heart," a combination live-action animated film. 
On October 5th, they premiered The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad, uh, though the film was originally titled Two Fabulous Characters. That's a real interesting (laughs) title. I think they they made the right decision uh, to call it The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. Um, This year, they also re-released Dumbo and Saludos Amigos. Um, Production begins on both Peter Pan and Disney's first fully live-action film, Treasure Island. Um, Treasure Island also has the distinction of being Disney's first movie to be filmed in England. This year, the Academy Awards the short documentary Oscar to Seal Island, the true life adventure film. And there were new uh, 15 new animated shorts uh, released this year and six uh, re-releases. Other notable things to happen in 1949 are the Soviet Union announces a purge of all Disney films, accusing Walt of attempting to infiltrate Russia with his propaganda. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And the character merchandising division and the Walt Disney Music Company are created. Uh, The Los Angeles Chamber of Commerce rewards Disney a bronze plaque for outstanding contributions to world trade. The sale of the five millionth Mickey Mouse watch is announced. Uh, and the Disney studio purchases 11 acres of vacant land across from the studio uh, on Riverside Drive for $170,000. The birthdays for 1949 are February 18th, Pat Fraley, who's a voice actor who's done a billion things. Uh, March 16th, both Victor Garber and Eric Estrada. Uh, April 21st, Patty Lapone. May 9th, Billy Joel. Uh, June 15th, Jim Varney, a Slinky Dog, and uh, Ernest, and you know, whatever else Jim Varney's done. Uh, June 22nd, Meryl Streep. July 22nd, uh, Piano Man Alan Mankin. Uh, I don't know why I called him the Piano Man. I guess because I have Billy Joel <laughs> on the mind because it was his birthday. <laughs> Um, August 31st, uh, Richard Gere, September 16th, Ed Bagley Jr., uh, September 19th, Ernie Sabella, voice of Pumbaa, uh, October 8th, Sigourney Weaver, November 28th, Paul Schaefer, November 29th, Gary Shandling, uh, December 3rd, Mickey Thomas, December 4th, Jeff Bridges, and December 12th, Bill Nighy, uh, the, uh, Davy Jones. Uh, from the Pirate series. Uh, that's so. That's 1949 birthdays, and that moves us into 1950. Uh, for films and shorts, on February 15th, Disney releases Cinderella to theaters. The film costs 2.2 million dollars to make, and it becomes the first financially successful animated film since Snow White. Um, so this is kind of a a turning point for the company when it comes to animated films with, with the war and everything kind of screwing up their, their profits and, and whatnot. Um, on July 19th, Disney released its second true life adventure film, Beaver Valley. Um, and with it also releases treasure Island. Uh, it costs $1.8 million to make. Uh, and this film is where the modern pirate voice comes from. Disney's treasure Island. Uh, Also, for films, preliminary work begins on Sleeping Beauty, and Walt announces that their next animated feature will be Alice in Wonderland. Uh, The company releases 20 new animated shorts this year and re-released six other notable events for 1950. Uh, Walt Disney suggests to Roy that the studio launch its own television program using old Disney short films. Uh, Roy agrees. Uh, The Hollywood Foreign Press Association awards the Golden Globe Award to Walt Disney Studios for the film Ichabod and Mr. Toad. A Swedish home journal condemns Donald Duck, 
as unfit for viewing for children. Mm. Um, and on Christmas Day, the Disney TV special One Hour in Wonderland airs on NBC. Uh, Walt Disney and several Disney cartoon characters make their TV debut. Walt's, uh, Walt's daughter Sharon also uh, appears in the TV special. Uh, this uh, special previews portions of the film Alice in Wonderland. About 20 million viewers had, uh, watched that on Christmas Day. Uh, and our birthdays for 1950, January 16th, Debbie Allen. Uh, February 5th, Jonathan Freeman, uh, the voice of Jafar. Uh, March 13th, William H. Macy. March 26th, Martin Short and Alan Silvestri. Uh, April 18th, Kenny Ortega. April 28th, Jay Leno. Uh, this one's for Melissa. May 12th, Bruce Boxleitner, Tron himself. Uh, May nice. 17th, Howard Ashman. Uh, May 25th, uh, Voice of Disneyland, Bill Rogers. July 5th, Huey Lewis. August 27th, my man, uh, Voice of Roger Rabbit, Charles Fleischer. September 21st, Bill Murray. October 31st, John Candy. December 8th, uh, Effects Genius, Rick Baker. Uh, December 18th, Leonard Moulton. And December 21st, Jeffrey Katzenberg. Um, so there's your very quick great moments with me, Mr. Andrew. That's me. I me I am Andrew and I'm a Mister. So that that was all the things. Good job. Uh, that's funny. All right, that's it. That's gonna wrap it up. Uh, I believe we have a new episode of Quizlingland this week, don't we? Oh yeah, I gotta record that too. But I wrote it at least, so there there will be questions and Quizlingland will happen. So yes, uh, th this will also come out. Uh, I'm trying to get better about like having these pre-recorded, but it never happens. So I record them the day before they come out, just like always. And I mean, they still happen. So yes, there will be a new episode. Hey, you're preaching to the choir, so I'm. <laughs> 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 All right, that's it. That's gonna wrap it up. We'd love again to hear from you on many of the things that we talked about in this episode or any other episodes. If you haven't joined the community over on Discord, again, podcasters.com/links is the best way to get to the link to join us and if you have any questions please feel free to reach out to us on any of our social networks uh, we'll be happy to answer any questions that you might have that is going to wrap up this episode until next time keep dreaming keep moving forward and always remember to pass on the magic have a fantastic week everyone bye see ya part of the podcasters network